This podcast is sponsored by CarePlus Home Health. You just visited with mom and dad, and you notice that their age might finally be catching up with them. CarePlus is your perfect solution. Headquartered in Montgomery County, CarePlus provides affordable in-home care and nursing services all throughout Maryland and the District of Columbia. CarePlus offers a number of services to support your loved ones, including personal care, companionship, meal preparation, and so much more. They can help with running errands and managing doctor visits. They can take mom to the beauty salon or dad to a movie. And CarePlus specializes in Alzheimer's and dementia care. An experienced CarePlus caregiver is the best way to support mom and dad's needs, leaving your family with peace of mind. Call CarePlus today at 301-740-8870. Tell them you heard about this ad on a minor detailed podcast and you will receive a special discount. Call today at 301-740-8870. 8870 and check them out online at careplusinc.com. Today is Sunday, October the 20th, 2019. My name is Ryan Miner and I host a podcast. It's called A Minor Detail Podcast and I write for a minor detail I am currently at the Rockville Memorial Library on a very rainy Sunday afternoon. Today I will be interviewing Virginia Onley, not only but Anli, she is my special guest today. She is a current Rockville City Councilwoman, and she is running for Mayor of Rockville. Virginia, welcome to the podcast for the very first time. Thank you, Ryan. I'm, I'm so excited that uh, I can interview your team, which is Team Rockville, and we're going to talk today a little bit about the race, your decision to run for mayor, a little bit about your background and some policies. So I promise it's 123 now. I'll get you out by two because <laughs> I know you are a busy woman. Okay, perfect. So let's begin. Tell me about you. Tell me about outside of politics. Tell me about your background, where you were born and raised and your career and all the good stuff that people actually really like hearing about. Born at home. Yes. So in 1949, and um, my father worked for Bell Land Steel. He was a welder by profession. My mother was a stay-at-home mom, but everybody was a stay-at-home mom back then. Yeah. And I started school during segregation. I lived in Liberty Town along Route 26, which heads east of Baltimore. And I lived across the road. Sometimes I say street, <laughs> but it was a road, two-lane highway from the Liberty Town Elementary School, which was a white school. Mm. So even though I lived across the road from that school, I couldn't go to that school. I had to go a little bit further to the colored or the Negro school, as they called it during that time. Mm-hmm. And then school integrated, and I got to walk across the street to, to school. I, um, I wanted seven children. Wow. And got me a big family. And I'm the middle child, smack down the middle. And, um, I'm divorced. I have a son who was a Montgomery County police officer, and now he's uh, a security officer for Montgomery County Public Schools. I tease him all the time and tell him, stop getting jobs that my taxes are paying his <laughs> retirement. So it's a family joke between the two of us. And uh, I worked for IBM for 35 years. Wow. And I was a country girl because we were country people. You know, we had a big lot. We um, raised chickens. Raised pigs, had a butchering every year. Some people don't even know what that is. Oh, 
I do. I grew up in Western Maryland in, in Hagerstown, and most of my family were from Boonesboro. So we did an annual butchering every year at my great uncle's house where the whole family gets together. My grandmother, who's one of 12, we all got brothers and sisters. It was a family affair. There was 50 of us and one big room, and that's how families ate. That's how we, we preserved our meat for the entire year. That was, and it was fun when I was a kid. I got to... It's usually in December. Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. Right after Thanksgiving. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Wow. So, you know, you were born during a period of tumult in American history, and then fast forward to 2019, and I see us still in tumultuous times. I see it as a rocky path in the national politics, and that's why I'm very fascinated with talking to municipal officials because I get a sense that even though you have disagreements with your colleagues on the city council, it's still not as contentious as it is every day down the street in Washington. It's, it's much different. And I mean, growing up in segregation is, that is, to me, it's, it's almost unheard of. It, it would be, for me, it's hard to fathom. And I'm, history teaches us so many lessons. And you know, I'm, I'm thinking this week especially about Elijah Cummings, and who was a, a rock star in Maryland politics, who rose up, who was the son of sharecroppers, who grew up um, during segregation, and he, um, he passed away, uh, I believe it was uh, Thursday. And it was, it's, it's really interesting that um, even today we still faced some some racial issues. We, we face these, these, these big magnanimous issues. And um, I'm hoping maybe you could share your experiences. You're an African-American woman. And back then, let me ask you this question, back in the time when you were running, um, or rather when you were growing up, I, I looked at people like Barbara Jordan, who's one of my political heroes. Um, when you got on the council, did you how was it? How was it being elected in this city as an African-American woman? Well, you know, I lost two elections before I won. Uh-huh. I lost 2009 and 2011. And 2011, I lost by 51 votes. So that That's not that much. It's not. It's a <laughs> heartbreak. And, but at the time, it just seemed to be we had two male council members who were African-American, Rupert Curry and Bob Dorsey. There had never been a woman. Wow. And when I first started my campaign to, to get some diversity on the council, I approached people in the community. And a woman by the name of Wilma Bell was an activist. She said, you're going to have to do it yourself. And because I wanted someone who was rooted, who'd grown up here, and I was a transplant, and I thought, oh, there's got to be somebody else to do it. So when she said that, then I just rolled up my sleeves and said, I'm going to do it. It's your time. Yes. And I lost the two elections, but I thought, okay, I'm never going to try again. And then something inside of me said, don't be ridiculous. So in 2011, I announced that I would be running in the Rockville election for 2013. And the next two years, Brian, all I did was campaign. Everywhere I went, I told people that I was running. Wow. So and... And then in 2013 is when you were elected. That is correct. And so you've been on the council now for, what is it, six years, six years. 
And so running against your, you in the, you serve with uh, Mayor Bridget Newton and you are running for her. It's, it's not her seat, but rather it's the, it's the people's seat, but you're, she's an incumbent. And that's a challenge in modern day elections is defeating someone who is the incumbent mayor. Tell me about that. Tell me about your decision and how you arrived to decide that you want to move into a d- different direction than the current mayor. And as far as the, your policies that would be centered on housing affordability, what is it that you and Team Rockville hope to accomplish uh, when elected? Is that the moder- moderately priced oh, dwelling unit? Okay. <laughs> I, I had to. Yeah, I know. I always have to clarify acronyms because sometimes people will say, well, what does that mean? And so, but thank you. Thank you for, for bringing that up. <laughs> um, so we have that percent, but maybe we need a bigger percent. Maybe we need to change, you know, our, our development laws so that we have more homes for people because the people who are being shut out police officers, social workers, firefighters, young couples, so even city workers. We have a large percentage of Rockville employees who move out of the city 
to afford a house. And that's absolutely ridiculous. Mm. So we need to work harder on that. And that's one of the things that Team Rockville is going to be working on. How is it, you said that your position on housing affordability and you and the mayor have had different votes on that. You said she has voted against uh, housing affordability. In which way? You talk on your website, which is Vote Virginia Onley, that's O-N-L-E-Y dot org, about good jobs in Rockville. And you wrote that all residents should have the chance to earn a living wage. And as mayor, you want to encourage new and existing businesses that will support your communities. Tell me about your plans for bringing economic development into here in not only in Rockville Town Center, but throughout the city. And what kind of good jobs is Rockville looking for? Actually, we're looking for all levels of jobs. You know, we, we're looking for science jobs. We're also looking for jobs for the um, workers who are in the grocery stores, the restaurants, and we want them to thrive. We've had a lot of issues with restaurants not being able to stay in business in town center. And the biggest reason for that, Brian, is that they don't have the customers. When we built Town Center, it should have been more dense, more people. And that's something that Team Rockville is going to work on. Because we want people to thrive here, people to have jobs, all types of jobs. Not just um, white-collar jobs, blue-collar jobs. You know, teenagers who want to work while they're in school have jobs. And I think as we work with, with Ready, Rockville Economic Development Inc., <laughs> and the Chamber of Commerce that we will be able to bring those jobs into the city. How do you, you mentioned that jobs are rather economic development here in Rockville Town Center and Square is uh, that the restaurants, their places are vacated. They're, they're, they're not setting up. And what, what's, what's going on down here? Is it that it's just that there's too much retail space? Is there zoning problems? What do you make of it? Yeah. But they think it should have been another anchor store. I think, and 
this is what I call an honorism. <laughs> we would have ran the streets, short streets, from Hollywood Drive, which is 355, to North Washington Street. As you're driving, you would be able to look to your left or to your right as you're passing through and see that there's something there. If you look at other, other um, jurisdictions like Pike and Rose, you see Pike and Rose as you drive past. If you look at Crown or Rio, you see Rio as you're driving past. You see Crown. So the design could be a little bit better. Now, I'm not an architect, and this is just my vision of how it should have been. Hmm. But it's a fine thing to, to talk about what we did and say, oh, this is what we should have done. Um, but, but that's my take on that. We need to be open so that people see what we have. On the council in the last six years, what kind of incentives or programs and ideas have you and the rest of the council pushed to, to encourage businesses to relocate into Rockville or to set up shop here in the town square? Oh, that was terrible at the time, and but they're back. They're back, but the city, uh, we voted to use a lot of taxpayer dollars to get them back into business. And was that concerning for many of your constituents? Yes, a few people have, have mentioned that. Okay. And then, but more people have mentioned that they're happy that we did it. Okay. Because we wanted the anchor store, a grocery anchor store in town center. And I patronize Dawson's. You know, I go there as often as I can. Before they closed, I found that I wouldn't bite the bullet on a lot of issues, a lot of items, mm -hmm. because it was too, they were too expensive. It was more economical for a person in my um, uh, economic class to take what I could there and then get in my car and go up the street to the giant yeah. and get the rest of my but they've made some changes there. There are a lot of things you can buy there now that you couldn't before. You couldn't buy validated panels. You couldn't buy sundry items. So they're really making changes that are trying to draw people in. And I'm hoping they will be successful. I'm also hoping that they won't need that um, business impact fee for multiple years, hmm. that they will be able to fly along. Virginia, tell me about your vision of the mayor. How, how is it set up according to the city's charter? Is it a strong mayor? Is it a traditionally weaker mayor? And it, it's, it's mostly a ceremonial role, but I understand the mayor, do they have a vote on the council? Do they, can they enact legislation? Yes, the mayor has a vote. She's one vote, or he is one vote, mm -hmm. just like me. So it's a hybrid almost of a, yes. okay. Mm -hmm. So the city manager runs the city, and we have to make sure that we stay out of the day-to-day -day getting in the weeds of running the city, and that the city manager, who's uh, Rob DeSpirito, brings anything that needs a vote that's a policy issue to the mayor and council, and then we vote. Oh, okay. So, but still, the mayor's primary responsibility is not only with the council, with legislation, but or ordinances rather, but they do most of the ceremonial work as well. And council members will step in in the event that the mayor is unable to be present at an event. That's true. Okay. And sometimes all of us are in the event. 
That's right. Because we have a social norm that says this is happening in that family, and then we say yes, we'll be there, and no, we won't. Let's talk about infrastructure and transportation, about how people in the city get from point A to point B. The big issue on the docket currently is Interstate 270, and we all are frustrated by the ridiculous amount of traffic that we experience every day. I know my wife is. She has to travel from Gaithersburg to Bethesda uh, every workday, and sometimes it can take more than an hour. I'm constantly up and down 270. My family, like I said, are from Western Maryland. Visiting Western Maryland can be difficult throughout the week. If I want to go see my aging grandparents, it it sometimes will take me an hour and a half just to get up to Hagerstown. And that's unacceptable. Tell me, do you are, how do you feel about the governor's current plan to widen 270? From whom? That was, oh, just from uh, residents, from, from voters, not from any of mm-hmm. elected officials. Um, that project needed to come to fruition. We need mass transit. If we don't want to send traffic, we want to get cars off the road, we need to move projects like that forward. Now, that was going to be, that was an $800 million plus And it was very unfortunate that the governor just kind of said, okay, you know, we're giving this to Montgomery County. We've never, the county's never taken on, that I can remember, a project of that magnitude. So, okay, we're going to have to figure out how we're going to get some transit so that we can move people around. Because that's really what we're lacking. Well, we certainly have the metro, which is a a block of way. I've it would be interesting to see how we can increase the number of marked trains going in and out of D.C., which is a major piece of public transit. I think it's a piece of the pie. But I'm sure that if roads are widened, how will the, that would have some impact on the city of Rockville. It would have a big impact. In fact, um, Councilmember Mark Pashera was the first one who came across the, the states. He came across the state's plan so he called me and he got some some residents together and we had a meeting and we had a mass mailing at the senior center to fight it and we will continue to fight that. I can't imagine that we're especially at the exits where the Hard Times Cafe is, in that little plaza. I can't imagine that we would widen uh, 270 and take you know people's property. We can, we can do better than that, but we need to concentrate on mass transit and not just making more roads and wider roads and keeping people in their cars. Virginia, I'm glad you mentioned seniors because now is an opportunity for me to briefly mention the podcast sponsor. Our sponsor today is a company located in Gaithersburg, but services all of Montgomery County and Washington, D.C. It's called Care Plus Home Health, and they are a home care agency. They provide home care for people inside of their home for our aging family members. Uh, the perfect opportunity for someone like my grandparents who need some extra help inside of their homes. And they are located in Gaithersburg. Again, they service all of Montgomery County. They do personal care, bathing, grooming. They have uh, 
specially trained caregivers for Alzheimer's and Parkinson's, and their number is 301-740-8870, and they can be found on the web at careplusinc.com. Let's talk about senior citizens. There's... <laughs> okay. I think Rockville has such a gym that other communities here in the, in Montgomery County can look to replicate, which is the senior center. And I've talked to the other, some other candidates about this. What a, an incredible opportunity for Rockville seniors each day to travel and visit, to use the gym and the facility. They could eat lunch there. I think that more communities need something just like that. Seniors need to get engaged because otherwise um, sometimes they're you know, at that, at, at certain ages, they're, they, they're simply at home most of their day. Tell me about your, some of your priorities for engaging senior citizens and, uh, you know, touching them as well. Okay. I am a, a senior at the <laughs> Senior Center. I served, uh, when I first came to Rockville, uh, I was the first non-senior senior citizen commission member, <laughs> and I chaired that, chaired that, and, uh, uh, when we, decided that we needed the computer lab. So I've always been advocating for seniors. I'm the liaison now. And as situations come up that I'm aware of, uh, we've, uh, we have the, the help that they can get in their homes. And we help them get um, contractors at a reasonable rate so we can point them in those directions. And I think what we are missing now, and I don't know how we, we, I haven't laid out any plans for this, but it would be good to have many centers in the city so that, you know, seniors wouldn't all be at one big center. They could maybe be in a center in some activities in their home. I know there's some activity at the Lincoln Park uh, Community Center. I was there the other day and in, interviewed your your committee member, uh, David Miles, and I, I, it was my first time at the Lincoln Park Community Center. What, a, what a, another gem for, and, and historic as well. Yes, yes, very historic. Um, they do need uh, more space, and, um, but the only way they're going to be able to increase, it looks like, is to go up. Yeah. You know, there's no place to spread out. But those kinds of things, you know, the council needs to look at. And as mayor, those are some of the things I'm going to be looking at. Okay, what can we do for seniors? We've done a lot. I'm a senior. I've benefited from some of the programs that they have here. And we have a great bus service. When I was uh, injured, been on the injured reserve a few times. Oh, no. And so the bus took me to the grocery store. So those kinds of things, we can't have enough as people are aging because we want to age in place. We have a village yes. coordinator that we have these villages set up in different neighborhoods. So that's another thing that we're advocating for and that I want to make sure that we continue to have. Let's, from senior citizens, let's back up in age to talk about our public schools. You talk on your website about safe schools, and you wrote that every child deserves safe and welcoming space to learn and grow, and as mayor, you would work closely with Montgomery County Public Schools to make sure Rockville City Schools are safe. Let's talk about that. We had an incident back a few years ago at Rockville High School, and it was an unfortunate incident. I think many people rushed to judgment on that much too quickly, 
instead of letting the facts become the facts. People wanted that to be a political motivation, and it turns out that what was said didn't actually happen. And I was, that was hard for this community all around. I think that was a really difficult moment. How did you approach that? What was your thoughts on that incident? What are some other safety measures that you're looking at for public schools here in the city? I think that city, uh, city leaders, county leaders, having a working relationship, especially with the largest entity in Montgomery County as far as governmental, public schools, that's, that's so important. That's critical for local government to work the way it is supposed to work. You also talk about inclusive government, and you wrote that our government should work for all people. We have many talented residents who offer their skills to, to making our city safe, sustainable, and welcome. In, inclusivity, of course, is so important. Diversity. Um, we're so pleased that our children, who are Montgomery County Public School students, are surrounded by a diversity of cultures, and they have friends, and are, it, it's just, it, it was much different from what I'm used to growing up in Western Maryland. And for that, we are very thankful. Tell me about your thoughts on inclusivity. Wow. So we need to make sure that when we get an expression of interest and a resume from somebody who wants to serve on the board and commission, that we give them that opportunity. Um, we have a lot of talent here, and we're not utilizing it. And as mayor, that's one of the things that's going to be probably first on my list. To, to, to encourage people to get involved in the city boards. I, I think some people who 
if you're listening and anyone who hasn't served on some in that capacity, that's that's unique. Uh, to, it's an it's a real opportunity to serve your community. But not only that, um, these boards really do advise the council to make decisions that reflect the values of the community as a whole. I, I, yes. If you're listening, I encourage you to get involved with the board. Yes, <laughs> What are your thoughts on the Redgate Golf Course? That's a big issue. Oh, it is a big issue. Um, I have said that I want a, that to be a gathering space because, and I used the example that the NAACP went to, um, oh, and that's the National Association for the Advancement. Of I think most people know that one. <laughs> I think, I hope so. <laughs> On my drive into Rockville on 270 from Gaithersburg today, Virginia, on the side of the road, up in the grass, I noticed a deer. And you know where I'm going with this. I do. You know, I've had a similar reaction from other candidates. You have a deer problem here in Rockville, overpopulation, and that's been on the residents' minds, according to most of the candidates with whom I have interviewed. And I had no idea how bad it was until the other candidates have broken it down. What are your thoughts on the overpopulation of deer, and what can we do to mitigate that humanely? Hopefully, humanely, yeah, yes, yeah. Humanely. That's 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 important. Uh, Vir- Virginia, on the last couple of years that you have been on the council, what, 
you've talked about affording housing affordability as your uh, issue that you're very passionate about. What are some of those other issues that really made you tick? Ah, that's a big one. I've I've heard that too. You've have you have four in Gaithersburg, we have five. But clearly, four seems like a uh, that that's interesting to me. Especially there's no tiebreaker, and that happened with the the, the council vacancy. Yes, <laughs> you. I see that that's probably caused some consternation among many people, and you know that's that's a tough one. That's a long now, time ago. 
because they said they don't have to stand in line. They don't have to go out if it's cold. They don't have to go out if it's raining. They don't have to put, go out if it's snowing. So yes, this I think will be um, uh, monument. And I think being the first jurisdiction in Maryland will really be a win for the city. Yeah, I would think so, especially seniors who do often vote absentee because they're unable to leave their home or November elections. Sometimes it can be cold during and they just don't want to get out. And even though that early voting does exist, but the process for requesting an absentee ballot is many seniors don't know how to do that. And it's it's just that it, it can be a complicated. They, but now they have the ballot. At, it's mailed to them. It has prepaid postage. They fill it out and send it back, put it in the mail. I think it's a, a very non-complicated way to participate in your local government. And I think that's so important. And I'm I'm hoping to see how this all works. And I think it'll be a case study. Um, And so, and then hopefully if it works, other jurisdictions will then take advantage. And so um, as we wrap up, um, what's your final pitch? My final pitch is that I have served the city for six years. I've served on nine boards and commissions. I am for all residents of Rockville. And I want to harness all the talent that we have and utilize that as we run our city. So I'm asking for your vote on November 5th, but hopefully you have that ballot back by 8 p.m. <laughs> on November 5th. And please vote for me, Virginia Arnley, for the next mayor of Rockville, because together we are Rockville. Virginia Arnley running for Rockville mayor. Find her on the web at Vote Virginia Arnley, O-N-L-E-Y. Virginia, thank you so much for your time and best of luck. Thank you, Ryan. It's been a pleasure. Thank you for listening to a Minor Detail podcast. Remember to call Care Plus Home Health today at 301-740-8870. Discover how they can help mom and dad or an aging family member live safer and healthy inside their home.